Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. I think it's pretty fair to say that there's no bigger issue in the Bay Area right now than housing. And one of the biggest housing debates has been over rent control and how much landlords are allowed to increase rents. In November, voters are going to have one hell of a decision to make that could drastically change the whole rent control debate. Proposition 10 would give cities the power to apply rent control to more types of housing. Today, we're going to zero in on Berkeley, of course, which now has a plan in place should Prop 10 pass. I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to the Bay. Guy Marzarati, hey. what's up? Hey. This is Guy Marzarati. He's with KQD's Politics and Government Desk. So why, why are we talking about Berkeley? Well, Berkeley has had rent controls going back to the 1970s, and now the city is kind of mapping out what their rent control policy would look like going forward if Proposition 10 passes. Proposition 10, which will be on the ballot in November, is really the, the biggest chance that voters have to bring rent control back to life in the state. And we cannot wait 10 more years for housing supply to bring the cost of rent down. We have had enough. We are standing here unified. Okay. What does Proposition 10 actually do? It would repeal Costa Hawkins, which in effect would return this whole issue of rent control to local governments to be able to make up their own rules. Okay, that law guy just mentioned, the Costa-Hawkins Act, was passed back in 1995. The law says that any newer buildings constructed after 1995 cannot be rent-controlled. If Prop 10 passes, any home, any apartment could be rent-controlled if, and this is a big if, cities choose to create rent-control laws. Right now, only about 15 cities in California have some kind of law on the books. Voters will be considering rent control. Oakland community organizers and politicians will gather on the steps of City Hall to fight for rent control. Now, San Jose just lowered rent increases last year, and some renters say it didn't go far enough. If Prop 10 passes, which means Costa Hawkins repealed, and the decision about rent control goes back to cities, do we know what cities are going to do? There's one city in the Bay Area that already has a plan, and that's Berkeley. So all that's left for tonight is item six. Last week, the Berkeley City Council took up a huge plan on how the city would respond if Proposition 10 passed. I'd like to suggest we go to public comment, and then we can have council discussion. It dragged on. The ray is in the restroom, and we don't know where council member Bartlett is at the moment. The last votes on this didn't end up happening until past midnight, 12.30 in the morning. 
I guess I move to suspend the rules and extend the meeting. What the city council was debating was whether to put a second measure on the ballot. This one would be just for Berkeley voters. And that measure would determine which buildings in the city would be rent controlled if Proposition 10 passes in November. For many tenants, rent control is seen as the savior, uh, you know, their ability to stay in the home that they're in. Maybe the only thing that can keep them in the home they're in. Higher rents need to be stabilized sooner rather than later. We need housing now. Renters need protections and business owners in the rental housing industry need to be regulated. Many landlords see this as the absolute worst case scenario. The business that they rely on is suddenly being put under huge regulation and they would be no longer able to make a living out of this business. Now, a big corporation with a bunch of apartment buildings, this isn't a problem for them. If they make an average amount of money out of all their 1,000 apartments, then they're happy. But when you have a single owner, it really matters what happens. So you heard both landlords and tenants uh, line up at the Berkeley City Council meeting. And I should note, they were doing this four months before the election, four months before Proposition 10 goes before voters. The conversation about Proposition 10 and Costa Hawkins and rent control, I think it's yet to hit the apex. And we're still seeing a lot of people line up and, and want to make their voices heard. I want you to think about affordable housing for everyone. Thank you. Thank you. The members of the Berkeley City Council were very upfront in the fact that they had no real information on which to judge this decision by. They had no data. I haven't heard a single piece of evidence or data or analysis to guide our decision. I always have a bit of discomfort when I'm when I'm asked to 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 make policy decisions uh, in in the absence of data. And so you have tenant advocates pushing the city council to go one way, and you have developers and landlords wanting the city to go another way. What did the city ultimately do? Okay. Councilmember Mayo. Yes. In the end, they voted and decided on a 20-year window. So basically, if Proposition 10 passes, buildings in Berkeley would not come under rent control until 20 years after they're built. So the Costa-Hawkins law says you can't put rent controls on any apartment buildings constructed after 1995. So if Prop 10 passes, and Costa-Hawkins is repealed, cities will have to decide if those buildings will still be protected. In Berkeley, this 20-year timeline means that when a newer building has its 20th birthday, it'll age into rent control. So the 20 years is actually a big deal to both tenants and landlords. How does Berkeley know that this is the way to go about it? I don't think they do. I don't. I mean, there was a lot of, uh, even among the council members who approved this plan, there was a lot of uncertainty. Um, you heard council member after council member say, you know, I'm making this decision without a lot of information. Uh, council member Ben Bartlett even, you know, looked out into the crowd and said, is there any, you know, tenant attorney? Is there any developer that could come up and speak to us and, and oh. give us, you know, some exact information? From one of these developers, for-profit, affordable housing, someone just come here and give us their information. And I'm just, I'm just surprised that we don't have it. Was the vote close? It was, five to four. And Mayor Jesse Aragin was the final vote, the deciding vote, and he didn't sound 100% sure about it. Mayor Aragin. There's four yes, four no. Uh, I vote yes. Okay, that motion passed. Mayor Jesse Aragin, 
who supports Proposition 10, who supports rent control, said, look, we need to be able to assure developers that the new buildings that they develop are not going to be rent controlled, not scare them off. And so in the end, that's how they ended up getting that support. Um, I don't want to discourage development in this community. We do need to build housing for people at all income levels. So that's the basis upon which I'm proposing 20 years. So the city of Berkeley takes a preemptive strike and sets its own measure for the November ballot to say if Prop 10 passes, if Costa-Hawkins is repealed, this is the plan that we want voters to have in place so that Berkeley can hit the ground running with rent control. Do we know what any other cities are doing? No one in the Bay Area is taking action like Berkeley and actually going ahead and putting something on the ballot, mapping out rules around rent control if Prop 10 passes. But yeah, there was, I think, just a lot of apprehension on on the part of the council that you may be a preview of what you're going to see on city councils across the Bay Area is like, yes, with if Prop 10 passes, you have this new power, but you also have this new responsibility. And I think they were kind of grappling with that. I think most of our conversation has been all about Berkeley. But what we are voting on today is not just about Berkeley. What we're doing is talking about something that will affect what happens in the entire state of California. What do you think is at stake for Berkeley to do this? So they wanted to avoid being what they're often looked at as, which is the absolute left flank of California. They don't want to send a message to landlords that's saying Prop 10 will be the end of your business. Repealing a law like Costa-Hawkins that's been in... In, on the California books for, for decades, that's a pretty extreme thing. Yeah, it definitely is. And I think it's a reaction to the fact that moderation of the law and reforms of the law never happened in the legislature. These efforts to repeal or even reform Costa Hawkins in the state legislature have failed year after year. And so now you're seeing voters taken into their own hands, which often, you know, often happens in the initiative system when the legislature doesn't act on something. We're seeing a strong reaction on the ballot box. And that's what you're seeing with rent control. Guy, thanks a lot. Thank you. OK, so Proposition 10 is going to be up to voters in California. And if they approve it and Costa Hawkins is repealed, we're probably going to see a lot more scrambling and a lot more debate over rent control across the Bay Area. Guy Marzarati is with KQED's Politics and Government Desk. Before you go, a reminder that the Bay team will be at Southern Pacific Brewing tonight, August 8th at 6 p.m. We'll be hanging out for a few hours to meet with listeners. It's going to be super casual. Come out, meet some new people, talk to us about the show. It's going to be me, Vinny Tong, and Erica Aguilar. I'm Devin Kadiyama. You've been listening to The Bay. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. 
They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.